Let me tell you all about my life. <laughs> Yo, they can't stop me. Graduated school, my nigga, I'm feeling cocky. Then I got an internship, nobody is gonna top me. But I stay low, nigga, still working on humility. Up at Penthouse, thought they wasn't getting rid of me. Two months strong, it's finally getting lifted me. Then they sent me a text, these niggas is getting rid of me. Fuck, a setback, but a bump in the game. Take a second, pick it up, then restart it again. I play ball when I deal with the pain Cause life is just like basketball if you let me explain Look, you play ball, you got niggas on D now Tryna stop you scoring, box you out for the rebounds But right now in life, niggas riding on my D now Then trying to stop my score, then settling with my rebounds I take the contact, they ain't never gonna block me They could box me out, but they dare wouldn't box me Cause I'm 10 down, I ain't fucking around You knock me down to the ground, I'm bouncing back like I'm Rocky One, two, duck down, hit him with the left hook Came back, right jab, now he got the stress look over a girl, I love the way that I breast look Call my phone talking foul, I banged it on her like Westbrook, nigga that was the one. This week's episode of Get Live with the Crew is called Are You Privileged Privileged? You'll, you'll figure out later why exactly pick that title Check it out That's true. That's very okay, true. She okay. only cares about the Red Sox. That's it. Actually, that's I it. Think, meanwhile, she's a whole. I think the fan. more that I say the Red Sox on this show, the more she'll love me. So I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna keep saying it. <laughs> solid plan. Solid plan. <laughs> Start and end every sentence with Red Sox. All I right, might cool. have to. I might have to leave I'll, the show I'll if that's the case. <laughs> oh, that's. I right. can't take. Thank I can't fan. take none of that. Much apologies, man. But but. Listen, I told everybody the Red Sox was going to win. They just, they, they were too much. And the Dodgers always mess up. They suck. The World Series or the NLCS. Yeah, thank you. There <laughs> it is. <laughs> In a nutshell. There it is. Um, but I guess, Chef, what do you think the Red Sox did so well? I think it'd be interesting hearing from the uh, Well, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I'm going to go by on how they burnt the Yankees and how they burnt the rest of the okay. NL East. It's because it's a team that actually has base running. It's a team that actually plays, mm. still plays small ball. And they mm. let their starters start. They let their starters go for as long as they can, mm. for the most part. Obviously, there's, you know, time when they have, you know, section off guys, give them inning, inning uh, calculus and stuff right, like that. Right. But they just play old-fashioned baseball. And the league is so home runner die that they don't know how to handle it. They don't know how to handle it, and it shows because 108 wins and basically a clean sweep all the way to the World Series. You know, only, you know, it was it was it was unfair how good they were playing. And congratulations to Alex Cora, the manager, and congratulations to Steve Pierce for being the uh, World Series MVP, a guy who was a journeyman and turned out to be the World Series MVP. Insane. But yeah, it's they won because of small ball, and it's a team that was very well managed throughout the entire of the year. See, you guys, see how Shep managed to do that despite being a Red Sox well, fan? Hey, who? Give the team that he despised. I'm a Yankees fan. Call me a Red Sox I fan said, on the air. Despite, 
I thought I said the spike. Oh, I'm sorry. My fucking thing might have caught out. I'm sorry. My heart just stopped. He doesn't want you to say the word the Yankees. The Yankees. My bad. My heart just skipped the beat. My heart just skipped the beat. Despite despite you being a Yankees fan, he was able to give the Red Sox credit for their well-deserved and, quite frankly, very easily handled uh, World Series victory. Um, I'm not going to go around to Carson because I know he could care less about who's swinging a stick. Um, uh, we're, we're just going to skip right over to Mo. And Mo, tell me why. Um, well, not why, but what do you think? Do you think this is the beginning of the Red Sox dynasty? Or do you think this is just they had a really hot season that just lasted all year long? What do you think? Well, I know that Red Sox fan likes would like to believe that it's the beginning or even a continuance of what they've been doing i mean they've you know they've managed to win four in this century they've they've you know it seems like they're not winning every season but they're always in the playoffs you know what i mean and they're they're winning within every leap year (laughs) so like (laughs) but but, um but no 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 it's i think that they have like uh shep said they have really good management they have a really good system out there they play great team ball it's just like like I think that Alex Cora outmanaged every manager that he met in the playoffs easily handedly I think that you know they they trust in their pitchers they do a good job of making sure that they're not trying to rely on their batting to get them wins they they balance their pitching and their batting out you know their pitching isn't you know I mean although they usually do have an ace that's uh, getting them a lot of wins and is I wouldn't say in the conversation. I feel like they had they usually have an ace that is in the conversation for the Cy Young at some point in the season. You know what I mean? But um, right. they don't rely on the pitching in order to get them the wins. You know what I mean? They they, they yeah. make sure that the the pitching has stable run support. Yeah, but, that's David Price. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But um, which by the way, I saw I saw, I saw an article that said uh, he he's not going to opt out. Why in the hell would he opt out? He's being supremely overpaid on the best team in baseball who just won a World Series. I'm not opting out of my contract either. No, negative. That is not happening. Um, so I just thought that was a pretty redundant article. And um, shout out to the Red Sox, man. I've, I can say that I've been a fan of how the organization has been run. Um, as I'm a Mets fan, so I could care less about their division, who wins between them and the Yankees. I could really care less. But, um, yeah, shout out to the Red Sox for handling a business. Dodgers, listen, you made it past the Mets because we didn't make it this year. And, you know, you just can't seem to win, can you? You get Manny Machado. You traded a good portion to get him. Now he's leaving. And, um, yeah, how does it feel to be an L.A. fan? Uh, attention, state of Ohio, can we get a cleanup in Isle Cleveland? Cleanup in Isle Cleveland, sports fans, players, athletes, please avoid Cleveland at all costs. It is a big mess. Thank you for your time. The firing of Tyron Lou is much worse. I, th- okay. I think the firing of I'm Hugh saying. Jackson is long overdue. <laughs> <laughs> Supremely overdue. Hugh Jackson, like, what has he won? Three games in the past 
four seasons as the coach, five seasons, something like that. A four season, yes, four, sir. Like, yeah, like the man, the man should have been fired two seasons ago. You know what I mean? I don't know if they just credited. They were like, oh, we can't fire Hugh Jackson yet. Because if we fire Hugh Jackson, people are going to turn around and be like, why are you firing Hugh Jackson? It's your fault. <laughs> because you right. Right, right, right. they're like, we have to wait until we have a decent team. Then we can fire Hugh Jackson. <laughs> but yeah, Tyron, exactly. But, but I don't understand about that. That was weird. Yeah. But, go ahead. but I was going to say, but Tyron Lue, Tyron Lue has brought you to three straight finals. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You could say, yes, LeBron brought them to four straight finals. But... But you could say that really about any team then, you know, like, oh, you brought, well, not any, but most teams you could be like, well, you have so-and-so. That's why you made it to the playoffs. The, the coach never plays a single game. So I don't think it's ever fair to say, well, you had LeBron, at the same so time, that's why your team made it. But at the same time, no team has three-peated in the modern era without Phil Jackson. So, what, what, what? I think there's Goodbye. That was the, you just wanted the reason to throw the Lakers. Said <laughs> LeBron, no, because that was terrible. No, but that's but that's what I'm saying. Like people people can say it's the players all they want, but it also has something to do with the coach. Is what I'm saying. And coach they, has to be yes, able to get the yes. team to that point three seasons in a row. That's that's a difficult thing. To, that's a difficult feat to accomplish that many times in a row. I don't care who you are. Not the Eastern Conference, but I mean, I hear you. I hear you. He doesn't. I think he deserved more credit. Like firing him after an zero and six start, I think, did a discredit to what Tyron Lue has done while he was a part of that franchise. They really didn't appreciate him. But you know what? With with things like that, especially in professional sports with coaches, no coach is going to cry about it. He's not going to because one, when you're fired, the team still has to pay you, and Tyron Lue is still owed fifteen million dollars and he doesn't have to do anything he doesn't have to look at a cavalier he doesn't have to wake up and plan for a cavalier he's getting 15 million to just leave to not coach now you know what it's also it's bittersweet though because it's like damn how bad do i have to be for y'all to fire me <laughs> and still pay me my 15 million dollars you know like like dad i must be really bad but <laughs> Shep, what's your what's your take on that, man? The only thing I gotta say is nobody in Cleveland is sad about Hugh Jackson being trying, taken away from the Browns. That's all I gotta say about that. I think it's worse for Tyron Lewis. It's, it's tough for him because he obviously lost, you know, the, the I guess uh, the best player in the game, you could say. Uh, and there's nothing you can do about that. So I feel like it's definitely harder for Tyron Lewis. And man, peace out, Hugh Jackson. Sorry, that's all I gotta say about that. <laughs> Listen, I, I, I completely understand. Hugh. I completely get it. But he said, "We love Hugh. Hugh. We hate Hugh." Exactly. <laughs> Something about the AFC North, man. They just don't like firing coaches. Uh, I, I don't understand. I guess, I guess the Browns thought maybe if they got stability through Hugh Jackson, they could sustain or even build what the Steelers, Bengals. I, I can't even say Bengals, but the Steelers, Bengals, and Ravens have. And that all of their coaches have been there for at least seven years now. Think about that. I think they're one of the few divisions in all of like sports that can say that about the coaches in their in their division. Like all these coaches knew each other. Like between Jim Harbaugh or is it John? John is in uh, uh, Baltimore, right? Is it John or Jim? Hmm? No, no, it's not. Is it? Is, 
What do you mean? No, it's not. I said two people. <laughs> it's John Harbaugh like in Baltimore. Jim Harbaugh is in uh, Michigan. Is in Michigan. Thank you. That's all. Most said no. I gave. That's like. <laughs> that's like asking your girl, "Hey, do you want this or that?" Yes. <laughs> what? what? I, I'm confused. I'm confused. confused. I don't know what you want. I don't know what you want. But um, yeah. So they've all known each other for a good good amount of time, and I guess Cleveland was like, "Well, we tried. Goodbye, Hugh." Um, I think they'll get you know a decent head coach now, as opposed to before when it was just like Brady Quinn or Johnny Football. The Browns are a pretty talented team. They just I I think this this honestly this move should have happened before the season started, in my opinion. I feel like they should have just started anew completely, um, uh, and allow just a new guy to start from game one as opposed to now, what, game nine for the Browns? Game eight, game nine? But either way, it's it's a bad time to be in Cleveland. J.R. Smith just incidentally requested a trade, which is against the NBA rules. You can't do that publicly. Um, basically, the NBA wants you, if you want to ask for a trade, you got to do it and release it to somebody, <laughs> and it can't be. You, you. got to go to your to your uh, boss and ask him for a trade. <laughs> is that, is that how you well, that? yes, that's literally the, the mature, you know, the, the way you would, you know, give your two weeks notice type of thing. You have to do it that way. And, you know, the, the NBA is going to fine you $10,000 if you decide to go to the media and say such things, which is, I think, kind of sucks because what about freedom of speech? You know, I can't, you can't say what you want to do or, or how you want your career to go over the mic if it, contradicts your contract well, now while you're at work I feel like or see listen this is why I need to become exactly exactly my point but it, it is what it is Cleveland is gonna be in a place of uh, darkness for a little while I'm, I'm gonna just leave it at that <laughs> and then we're gonna we're gonna slide on into the the women's side of things WNBA and how exactly they can get their profits to be profitable dare I say Imagine being a professional uh, athlete here in the United States and then in the offseason as opposed to resting and getting ready for your season here, you have to go overseas in order to make a living. Hard to picture, right? But almost all of the WNBA has to find um, an outside living uh, from their professional sport here in America. Uh, in a couple of short seconds, me and the fellows are going to dive into that topic a little bit deeper as to why is it such a struggle to make a living inside the WNBA. I feel like there's a reason why the pay is low. Um, that's because the, they don't generate enough revenue to right, right. pay them as they would pay an NBA player. So I think that plays a big factor in it. Um, but mm-hmm. could they be paid more? Absolutely. Um, but I mean, I feel like once if, the, if that particular sport starts to generate more revenue, starts to generate some more notoriety, then they'll probably see some increase in pay. Okay, I can respect. That. I can respect that, Chef. What you what you got in mind, maybe about that? Uh, to be perfectly honest with you, I don't know. Maybe it's because you know he said the league was around twenty years old, right? It's twenty years old. 
I guess Give or maybe, take, maybe 25, 21. 30. Yeah, as yeah the, like 25, 30. The only thing I can say is maybe as it keeps going, hopefully it grows in popularity. But the thing is, is you know, people don't want to watch that. They're more interested in the NBA with their storylines on how things go and stuff like that. So I really just, I don't know what they could do. Maybe if everybody grew a foot taller and could slam dunk, I, I couldn't tell you. To be perfectly honest, I just, you know, I hope it... I hope it's not detrimental to the league, and I also hope these players do get paid more. But you know what? I wouldn't have any idea on how they could get more revenue towards their league, to be honest with you, competing with all the other national sports. Okay, that makes sense. Mo, what you got, man? I think that hopefully you got to keep our black females down. That's what they (laughs) do. All right, Black Panther. I'm sorry. No, um, no, but, but, what I wanted to say is I don't understand why the WNBA has so much trouble turning a profit. It doesn't make sense to me because Mm -hmm. they have, first off, they have, I don't know how to, how to explain what it is, but it's like the Jersey advertising, the spot advertising, the same way that all the soccer leagues do, whether you put the actual advertisement I think it's like a name logo or something like that. A logo, a logo. I forgot. But you you sell it to like one company and you have that company sponsor your jerseys. They have that on the jerseys. They have it on the courts. They have it on like they 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 advertise in the same way that soccer does in order to gain their revenue. Mm-hmm. Now they have a basketball game. You know they they don't have their own game, which I don't know how that really works with them being a part of NBA Live 18 because one NBA Live is not one of the more popular basketball games anyway. So right. I would say, like, get your own game, but lacrosse has its own game, and even though it does decently, it doesn't have enough of a following to be carried by a major uh, development company. So right. I can't see the WNBA really being able to get to that level either. So I don't know if this was a better way for them to, to get break into the video game market, but they now have a video game, you know what I mean? Like... Other than, I feel like I don't see a lot of WNBA highlights on social media, and I have no idea why. Like they play the same game. I'm sure. I'm sure they have a lot of buzzer beaters. <laughs> I like. Yeah, I like. Right. I, I feel like that. That's an aspect that they could definitely do better in. But mm-hmm. other than those, like three, three things, I don't understand why the WNBA has s- such a problem turning a profit. Like I do feel like they're getting better at it. Like now they have people like Candace Parker who has the the anchor job on NBA TV, I believe. So you see their players getting into more prominent positions, which is going to raise awareness about like like people's interest in the game. But I just she's probably making more money doing that. Yeah, no, she probably she probably she definitely making more money doing that. Hold up. (laughs) (laughs) Well, 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 think about it. Well, think about it. Candace Parker also she also had tons of endorsements. Um, The don't get me wrong, the star athletes don't have a problem in the WNBA at all. Between Skylar Diggins, her, Della Don, uh, Diana Taurasi, they, they're good. They're fine. Um, it's just, uh, I don't want to say the lower tier, but the maybe not the more uh, well-known players, like slightly below them, who have to go overseas, you know, in order to make, I don't want to say like a living, because, you know, some people don't make $40,000 a year. Some people are making like $20,000 a year working at like a grocery store. However, to have like I guess a comfortable quote unquote comfortable living in America, you know, maybe sixty to eighty thousand dollars a year would, would be a lot more befitting. 
So uh, a lot of them go over there, and I think one player makes I think four times her salary here. I'm not here, but over in, overseas than she does here. So um, and then that poses the question: when you go overseas and get hurt and you can't finish out your contract and you're depending on that, that leaves you know that player short. You know, like you got hurt. Uh, insurance is not as good in the WNBA, so it's not going to pay out your contract as you sit there and recover. Um, you got to pay to play. You got to play to pay. So um, I don't know. It's real rough. I don't really have a set idea on how to fix it. Otherwise, you know, I'm pretty sure the higher ups in the world, marketing gurus and all that would be able to figure it out for the WNBA. But I do think it's on the NBA to well, integrate the women's sport a little bit more in a sense where it's like um, the top players do LeBron, CP3, all of them, you know, it's cool that, you know, sometimes they'll go to the game, show their face and all that good stuff. But I think, I think NBA teams and owners, I'm challenging them because they already have, have stood side by side with uh, African-American players in equal rights. I think now that we know where the NBA stands with that, let's, let's come, not come down, but let's go to a different equality fight and women's rights and women's pay you know where it's like hey we're not we're not gonna be able to pay you exactly what the nba players make but there's no reason why there's um let's say a player like luol dang for example making 38 million dollars who barely touched a hardwood these last two years and the best player in the opposite genders league hasn't even made roughly an eighth of what he made last season by sitting on the bench like like there's there's got to be some way. I don't know how. You know what? I, why? I, don't I, don't know. Know I was thinking take. maybe a com- a combined all star showcase. I was thinking that. Now too, that was Shep. one of the things I was thinking as well, Shep. Now I was gonna say maybe like like yeah, the the all star showcase would be one way to 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 get people more interested in it. But this is what I'm thinking. Right, right. right. Now, stat, you just named a completely moral and upstanding way to get the WNBA on the same footing as the NBA. And I commend you for that. But here's another idea. <laughs> I was about to say, I was about to say, here, where's the butt? Go ahead. I think they need to rig up some type of ridiculous rivalry. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think that mm. all the other sports are old enough to have rivalries that even when the teams in the local cities are not, I want to say, performing well, they can still mm. maintain and generate a crowd that creates ticket sales and all that in order for the in order for the um, team to turn a profit. So mm. that being said, I think if they were more, if they could get the local fans more interested in the team through rivalry games and things like that, I think it'd be one way for them to bring up the profits. I mean, if they have to rig, you know, do a couple of Cleveland Cavaliers first round picks, you know. <laughs> Let's get yeah, give up Andrew. Or they could just Anthony turn it Bennett. into slam ball. <laughs> I no. mean, no, absolutely. Bring back not. slam ball. Uh, no, 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 no. I think the best, one of the best ideas, at least, um, is to do the combined All Star game um, in one way, shape, or form. It's going to be really hard with all the actual NBA All Stars there are, um, with there being, I think, what. 10 from each conference so then you got those 10 players and then maybe like another five to six seven players um 
what I do think would be cool is if they, um, I don't want to say combine like all star weekends, um, but you know how they do have them in the skills competition, like they have a player from um, the WNBA playing with a team, uh, like a legend, and then a current player, um, and somebody from and the, the shooting stars, yeah, 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 from the W, yeah, yeah, the, 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 yeah. So I love those. I think that'd be cool. I think ESPN they won't do it, but I think um, maybe eating leading up to the NBA game, have the women's basketball game like played beforehand. Uh, like, you know, use that time slot. But, you know, ESPN is all about the dollars, let's be real. So they're not going to do something like that. Yeah. But ESPN, I think for... Summer, that's word. Right. I think teams who basically have their own network, like the Knicks or the Nets even, um, I think it'd be really cool for them to display a women's game leading up to the pregame and then have the actual like NBA game after all of that. I don't know, man. 14 three-pointers is pretty crazy. And I think it was, what, 27 minutes? Insane. However, Derrick Rose just recently scoring his career high after three knee surgeries, numerous injuries, and, and tumultuous trips between Cleveland and New York. Just recently set his career high. The fellas and I dig into which one we think is more impressive. Next. You know, you know how it feels to be a player who, you know, is playing at a high level, gets injured, and then, you know, it takes him a while to come back from that injury and, you know, work, you know, work the same moves, try and get the same spring back, the same explosiveness, and it's just not there, or and you don't know if it's because you don't trust it or you just don't have it or what. But right. you know, it's, it's, for all of that to culminate this past Halloween night for him, and then he, you know, comes back, and it wasn't just, like – he came back and they, you know, I don't want to say gave him the 50 points, but he, he worked for that 50 points. You know what I mean? It was old school D Rose. He was taking it to the rack, putting it in over Rudy Gobert, one of the best <laughs> centers of, in, uh, one of the best defensive positioning centers in the NBA. He's so great at locking up state. You know what I mean? And then not only that, he's, he's knocking it down from three. He's knocking it down in the clutch. You know what I mean? Like it was old school D Rose. It was like high pressure, high stakes, and he took it to the Utah Jazz. And put that fifty piece on him. <laughs> like who was it? Jimmy Butler yeah. said it. 50, 50 piece combo. <laughs> so I, I have to do fifty that. piece thing. Okay, cool. Carson, how? Which, which one do you feel was a more impressive feat? Uh, personally, I feel like the D Rose one was more impressive because we go from a player that everyone has written off, and oh, there's D Rose. You know, he's a shadow of his former self. Is what everybody. Um, at least that's what I gathered. Um, so, as, and then you have a player like Clay Thompson, who's always on the top of his game. He's he's been playing at a high level for a long time, and he's a renowned shooter. So, to do that, I feel like it was more impressive uh, to see a, a player that everyone had written off drop fifty. Okay, I like it. I liked it. Shep, tell me who you rolling with: fourteen threes or fifty point with bad knees? I'm gonna say personally, I'm gonna have to go against the green. I'm gonna say 14, 14 three pointers. That's what everybody wants to see nowadays when it comes to the new NBA and the way this high scoring right. league is going. And I think it's very impressive to get fourteen three pointers. Not to say that you know I'm not impressed with D Rose. I'm more impressed that his knees held up. 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like, wow, that's terrible. You know, I can't with him, man. I can't. <laughs> you know, I, but, 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 but uh, this, this, is, this is the other thing I'll say, though, is Clay Thompson is in his prime. You know what I mean? Even though Derrick Rose is only two years older than Clay Thompson is, Derrick Rose is considered to be four or five years past his prime. <laughs> That's what everybody thought about Derrick Rose, like 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 uh, Carson said. So that's 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 why I think it was better. But I'm sorry, this is did you you go ahead and talk about Clay Shep? You 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 talk about what you think was more impressive. <laughs> uh, I mean, he did already. I mean, he, yeah. he spoke on his part. It's it's, it's my it's my whatever. Don't nobody care about you. Me, don't nobody care about you though. First of all, like you said, Mo, you know exactly which way I'm going with this. Um, definitely going D Rose for sure. Uh, the 14 three-pointers, especially in today's NBA with all the pace and space and shooting and all that good stuff, it's very easy for you to break or attempt to break the three-point record. Clay Thompson, for example, could have further broken the record, but he was rested in the fourth quarter like he always is when they're up like they were. So with that being said, <clears throat> it's not every day that your average three-point shooting uh, attacking point guard with bad knees scores 50 against a top five defense in the NBA. Now, I saw a couple people say that, oh, you know, the league ain't as aggressive on defense as it used to be, blah, blah, blah. Okay, that's cool, fine and dandy and all. But Derrick Rose is coming on three major knee surgeries. He had a couple of other nagging injuries that were holding him back with the Cavaliers last year. And to see him bounce back and be able to do this against not only a, a playoff team, but they're, they're a fringe contender. You know, the Jazz are really just one superstar away from being in the top three in the Western Conference. Fight me if you don't agree. Um, And he was able to score 50 on them at home with them missing uh, two starters. So I think I think just shout out. Sorry, I didn't didn't mean to cut you off. But I think one of the best points made to D. Rose's uh, credit is that this is the first summer he's not rehabbing through his work, his workout sessions. You know what I mean? Like. I mean, in, in, like, the past six seasons. Like, literally, like, if you go back, like, six summers, other than this past summer, he's had to rehab some form of injury over the course of the summer. Whereas this summer, he was able to not only not have to rehab, so he has, you know, he knows exactly what his body's capable of, but he was able to work on his game as opposed to what he was, what he was able to do last year and build on that and not have to go back to the drawing board with something. So I think we're just seeing right. D. Rose finally getting used to what his body can do without ridiculous young person's explosiveness. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't want to say D Rose is old because he's 30. And if the knees hold up, I could see him slowing mm-hmm. down a little bit more. If he can not get injured because he's able to slow down and hold his body. I can see him playing for another three or four seasons at a, at a decent level, but right, right. he's not obviously not able to do what an 18 or 19 year old do would it be able to do, which he kept trying to do in his 24, 25, 26 year old seasons. So if he could if he can like maintain that, I think D Rose could be not only like this isn't like a one night thing is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> right, right, right. I get you. I completely understand that. Um, Derrick Rose even chalked it up to they was like, what what would you tell the younger Derrick Rose? Um, you know, what kind of advice would you give him? He and he would just tell him that you know there were certain moves back then that he was blessed to be able to do with such ease, but wasn't necessary. He's like, if you look at one of the, the knee tears, he did an unnecessary jump cut into the paint, which in which he tore it. So he's like, if, I, if he could, you know, go back and tell that D-Rose anything, you're just like, listen, man, you know, it's nice that you've been blessed with athletic gifts and you can get away with, you know, 
doing certain things in, in certain situations, but those certain moves and actions weren't necessary that could have been prevented. But shout out to mm-hmm. D Rose, man, winning three one on this poll for uh which which feat was more impressive. Shep, leave leave that guy in his knees alone. Can right? I just give you a little oh, bit of a reasoning why? Nope, nope. Of one fifty scored fifty points. But how many people are able to take as many three pointers now and not be subbed out the game? And I, I feel you. you I, know I, you, you know, know what? what? I just it. You know what else about the whole Clay Thompson thing is? Nope. He had ten three pointers in the first half. He only had four in the second half. <laughs> he could have lit that. He could have broke that record out the water. He's just playing with Steph. He's like, he's like, yo, nah, I'm, I'm gonna win. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'm gonna just beat him by one. That's it. He's and like, that's he already scored ninety two in the first half. And it, and it was against the Bulls. I feel like any record, unless it's the most points and scored in the game by one player, unless they break that record on the Warriors team, nothing really impresses me that they do because of the fact that their team is set up in a way that you can have one player break a record one night and then have a player break another one the next night. Exactly. And no other, team, no other team in the league is really capable of, of, of setting that type of lineup out there. But look at it this way. If they really wanted to, they could have single-handedly shut down the Bulls with four players and let Klay Thompson rest on the defensive end, in other words, like guard the worst player, and just let him put all his energy into breaking the three-point record on the other end. So, the, yeah, I'm, I'm not I mean, impressed. I'm not best, impressed. But the best way I've heard the Warriors situation put is that the best three three-point shooters in the league all get 17 shots per game in the system, and only, like, three of yeah. each of of those shots are layups. <laughs> and about maybe, I think maybe six or seven of them are little to uncontested with, within the ball movement of the team. But listen, we'll, we'll talk about, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit further. Um, but I want to talk about this cleanup in out Cleveland coming up next. The question has been posed. Who is the greatest? And although he may have deceived us with the question, the question still remains. Who is the greatest? They do wear the same numbers. Outside of, you know, who is the GOAT between Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, MJ, LeBron, the unique thing about football is that two players that could be considered the GOATs are playing high-level football at the same time. And they have been for, like, the past, what, eight, nine years now, practically, between Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. So um, football is very unique that it allows us to be able to compare, like, visual, like, oh, snap, this is one GOAT against another GOAT. I'll bet it's, you know, offense versus offense. But still, you know, you still get the same feel. Um, but without, you know, without me dragging the introduction further along, Shep, we're, you're the only one we haven't Wait, started please, off. Please don't drag that introduction so, any longer. Please. I'm going to ask you, sir, sir, I'm, I'm sorry you're, you don't have a quarterback right now. Shut up. I'm sorry Eli has never been great or elite. Hey. Um. Anyway, Shep. Hey, look, ain't nobody talking about you. Anyway, Shep, you tell me, who's the GOAT? You got A-Rod or Tom Brady? Oh, man, uh, that's an easy one. That's Tom Brady. Uh, what, 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 what? Yeah, Tom Brady's actually the Tom Brady's actually the greatest quarterback to ever play the game. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, you Go know, on. everybody wants to say, oh, his offensive line, oh, look at the team he has. 
But you know what? The man has an arm. You can't stop the winning. He's granted he does have the greatest coach basically of all time as well. Uh, you know, it's just a culmination of a perfect storm of things that is laid out to this magnificent career that he's had as a quarterback. That's all I got to say about that. Carson, can care, care to uh, partake in this conversation? Rocking with Brady or Raj? Rocking with A-Rod, baby. Um, My man. A-Rod, you know, he's the comeback king. Um, he's the consistent – he can make every throw on the field, not just the dink and dump. Um, and, and I mean, I, I feel like Brady is more in a, in a system. So mm. if you, if you mm. take one and, and it's been done. So when Brady went down and Matt Castle came in for the year, Matt Castle won 11 games. That's more mm. than the rest of his career combined has won. Mm. So, that 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 goes to show you that somebody else can run their system, not maybe not as efficiently as Brady, but somebody else can run their system and still win eleven games and make the playoffs. Mm. Um, when A Rod goes down, then you know Packers are out. There's, there's oh the yeah, it's over. over. It's, it's over. It's it's chalk. It's chalk. The Packers up on the <laughs> schedule is a W. Yeah, going. Let me go and count that. So that I mean. I'm rocking with Aaron Rodgers all day, and Aaron Rodgers is not afraid to take a shot down the field. Aaron Rodgers is not afraid to tuck that thing, run, and drop his shoulder. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is an all-around better quarterback than Tom Brady is, in my opinion. Mo, Mo, Mo Riggs, Mo Riggs, what you uh, what you got over there? I know. Listen, Mo is also a Giants fan, so I don't expect him to have a fair assessment as to why Tom Brady isn't the goat. But Mo, go ahead and tell us why Aaron Rodgers is the goat. Man, I'm still shocked that that chef said Tom Brady is the goat. I, I know I am. He's the greatest like, quarterback that's ever stepped on the football field. Man, I feel like chocolate ice cream just called me the N word. I'm like, man, but I used to like chocolate well, ice cream. I, I, that's what I'm saying. I'm guessing. I'm guessing Aaron Rodgers must get carried onto the onto the field because he says steps onto the field. Anyway, so I guess Aaron Rodgers gets carried. I don't know. He he jumps over the the line. He doesn't step on it. He there you go. Like it. baseball. Yeah. 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 Yep. Exactly. Yep. But um. But no. No. Say no, your no, piece. No. I'm still right. Whatever. So this is the way I'm going to say it. Is I agree with Carson in that Brady is in a system, and the system has been proven to work, no matter what quarterback is really in there. Right. That being said, wow, and 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 also just just to that point, Rodgers has always been in a good system, but he's never had great defense to back up the offense that he could provide for his team. It's obvious that the system that he's in, he he runs that system, he makes that system go. Whereas Brady has had seasons mm. where he is literally just ran like giving the ball off to the halfbacks, and he's like, as long as I don't turn this ball over, we gonna win the game. But Aaron right. Rodgers puts the team on his back and makes sure that he goes out there and gets those points on the board so that they can get that W almost week in, week out, every single week. But not only that, I feel like there are types of goats. You know what I mean? Like, especially in football, where you could say this person is the greatest quarterback of all time, yes. But what kind of greatest quarterback of all time? Because if you want to say the greatest oh, mobile quarterback of all time, I would say that's Michael Vick was one of the greatest mobile quarterbacks but, of all time. 
I well, that's the problem with sports, man. There's a lot of situations and stipulations to, oh, he's the GOAT to ever play defense in New York. Oh, he's the GOAT to ever tie his shoes and then lock up his man in the same possession. He's the like, GOAT to ever wash Michael Jordan's jersey and shrink it by accident. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Exactly. Like, yeah. yeah. So but, I, it's so hard to, to do that. But still, but that being said, I feel like if you want to say who's the greatest game-managing quarterback of all time, Tom Brady has it. If you, if you want to say who's going to go out there and get you a win most of the time, I would still say Tom Brady over Aaron Rodgers. But Can I just say about, something real quick? Whoa, 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 let me just say this and then I'll and then and then I'll and then I'll let you say your piece. All right. So if you good. want to talk about all around arm, accuracy, mobility, sensing the pressure, setting up to defend to setting up the line to defend against the blitz, game managing, audibles, I'd say you have to give it to, to Aaron Rodgers, even over Peyton Manning, because Peyton Manning doesn't have the mobility, even though he did have the accuracy and was able to set up the line in the same way. I just I have to give it to Aaron Rodgers. Well, okay, understandable. Well, no, can I do a little two-second thing? Say, no, nope, nope. All right, you nope. got it, you got it, you got it, you got it. Two second. Listen, you guys are always two-second and real quicks and real quicks and two seconds are always taking two and a half. That's Mo. I'm not usually the real quick. I'm not podcast. usually the real quick. Yeah, but right, you then got it, I'm going to get without what I have to say first, and then I'm going to let y'all finish whatever y'all got to hey, say. Hey, hey, real quick. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers. Aaron. Aaron. That's a bad man. Rodgers is a better quarterback. He's a better football player than Tom Brady. He's a better quarterback, football player, teammate, uh, all around guy. He's better. Now, the fact that I think if you put Aaron Rodgers in New England, um, he'll, he'll definitely have the same amount of rings as Brady, if not more. Brady has never been a throw on the run quarterback. Aaron Rodgers does that in his sleep. In his sleep. And don't like the the ability to improvise on plays is is underrated. Um Patty Mahomes, for example, uh he has I think the second best accuracy on throws on the run. Behind who? Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. Tom Brady, if Tom Brady is running, that means it's a sack or it's a throwaway. The minute I see Brady chop his feet up and try to, if, unless he's climbing in the pocket to try to get a first down, other than that, if Brady if Brady scrambles to the right side or the left side of the line, it's a sack. I'm like, I'm gonna count it as a sack. I don't care if he throws the ball away or if he gets a little five three yard pass. I count that in my book as a sack. Um, but yeah, otherwise they're pretty much even. They they both can make all the throws. Um, Tom Brady uh, is very smart. Aaron Rodgers is very smart. Uh, Aaron Rodgers hasn't had to coach like Belichick, Belichick is. Uh, McCartney, I think it's time for him to go, to be completely honest. Uh, Green Bay has been stuck in the same rut for a while now. Um, I think they just need a new voice. And other than that, I think I'm talking more about which team is better as opposed to which quarterback. But anyway, Aaron Rodgers is better. Shep, go ahead and make your point. <laughs> all I really want to say – all I really want to say is basically people seem to like to take away what Tom Brady has done and how good of a player he is because of the fact of how good of a coach Belichick is and the fact that he's had very great players on his team. But if you sit down and break down the film, he is an excellent quarterback, and I feel like he is better than Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I, I wouldn't say mobility-wise, and I wouldn't say hat, 
uh, arm strength necessarily. But I personally feel if I'm trying to – I'm on the 20-yard line. I got two minutes left on the clock, and I'm trying to make a drive. I'm picking Tom Brady. You crazy. You crazy. I'm <laughs> picking crazy. Tom Brady. You crazy because let's say you're facing a team with awesome coverage, right? And instead of taking a coverage sack, you can get maybe 15 yards because the team is playing back and, and scared – because they're scared of your arm. Like that, you can't – like knowing Tom Brady, you know you have to be scared of his pass. You don't have to be scared of him running. You don't have to be scared. You're not, you're not intimidated. Literally, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers are at best completely tied in terms of arm, arm ability, throws, all that smart for sure. They're completely tied. Now, when you throw in the mobility factor because Tom Brady is such a non-factor in that aspect, he is better. He's better all around. When, when, when I say better quarterback, that means every aspect of quarterbacking. Running and being able to pick up yards with your feet is a part of quarterbacking. It's a part. I feel like even back part. when Tom Brady was younger, he used to have more mobility. It's, this guy's 40 years old almost. No, no, he was just more he, it wasn't. It wasn't he was peak mobility. It wasn't peak mobility, but it, it was definitely – it was more of a factor in his game in his younger years, for sure, when he was one of those first few Super Bowls. Well, yeah, listen, you're a 20-year-old. You're full of spunk and ambition and all that good stuff, and you're a professional athlete. No matter the sport, I would hope you'd be able to trot five yards or, or seven, seven, eight yards. I'm not giving Tom Brady credit for that. I'm talking about Aaron Rodgers being able to juke one or two linebackers and get you 15 yards on a broken play because no one on his team knows how to get open because he's had armor brand receivers for the last three years. Anyway, I just feel like um, we got a disclaimer that you're a Jets fan. Disclaimer, Jets fan. Wow, 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 wow. I feel like that. I feel like Stats' argument is literally just, "Yo, Aaron Rodgers is better." It is. It is. He's a better. What else do you want me to say? He's a better football player. He's a better runner. He's a better man. He's a better Christian. He's just better. He he doesn't like his family apparently. No, he doesn't. He doesn't at all. But no, seriously, like, because the more I think about it, it really is. We appreciate you guys tuning in to this week's episode of Get Live with the Crew. Um, as always, you can find me at stat underscore GL on Twitter and then on Instagram, 317TH underscore Mo. It's the notorious MOE on the uh, the Twitter bird. And then on Instagram, you can find Shep at Alan Shepard Jr. And we will see y'all next week. Don't forget about us. We love you. We appreciate you. See you soon.